0: I paid double in shipping the box because the box was structured. That means that the box, the empty box, the air, I paid for air and I paid for a lot of air because we didn't create a flat box that could have saved more space. And and that was something that was like, ooh, I wish I had known that early on because that would have saved us.
1: Hi Offscripters, it's your host Sewa Pele and welcome to episode 174 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for their business success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. Before today's guest and her co-founder launched their business, they petitioned Webster's and other dictionaries to add the word fourth trimester into the dictionary. The problem their business is trying to solve is so important they created a campaign to introduce it into our everyday language. In this episode, we learn how Nana builds a luxury gift box business to support the health, recovery, and well-being of expectant mothers as they enter their fourth trimester. From creating the products to building a community of moms, she's sharing her journey to building the fourth phase box business. Before we hear the rest of Nana's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to audio podcasts. This will help to spread the word about our show so amazing stories like Nana's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off script journeys. With that, let's go off script with the co founder of Fourth Phase Afterbirth Care Box, Nana Aisen Akiwowo. Nana Aisena Kiwawo, welcome to She's Off Script. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So for anyone who hasn't come across you or the fourth phase, could you tell us about yourself? Who are you and what do you do?
0: I am the co-founder of Fourth Phase, which is a social impact maternal wellness brand. Um, And we provide maternal wellness products for mothers during their fourth trimester.
1: Okay. So I know when I had my kids, I was mentioning to you earlier, the concept of a fourth trimester wasn't really a part of the discourse. It wasn't part of any of the literature or the courses and classes that my husband and I Mm took. So what led you to build a business that starts to bring that into the forefront and supports women within that phase?
0: Um, Actually, it started, I, I also am the founder of a nonprofit called African Health Now. And at Mm -hmm. one of my trips, so African Health Now does primary maternal wellness for mothers in sub-Saharan Africa. And during one of our trips to Ghana specifically, um, I witnessed a mom who had just delivered not have adequate resources to care for herself as she had literally entered the fourth trimester. She had delivered a baby and now she had this brand new newborn baby and she had no resources. She had no diapers, wipes, for, for the baby, let alone for herself. So fourth phase is really the birth of how we wanted to figure out that problem. It's the solve for that problem, which is why we're a social impact brand. So for every box that a mother buys of the fourth phase box here in the US, a box is given to a mother in sub-Saharan Africa with similar culturally relevant products that can support her during the exact same phase. So the fourth trimester became an, uh, an interest point after witnessing what mothers on the continent, how they were dealing. And so Mm. then that led, simultaneously led to us having to think about, or me having to think about, what did my fourth trimester look like? And my fourth trimester, for me, looked different than when we started doing focus groups and talking to moms. So many moms had no help. My mom moved in for a year, and she came in Mm. with all the, and, you know, as a Guinean, she came in with all the Guinean accoutrements. Uh, and to, mom, mm-hmm. to wrap my stomach, the shea butter that she lathered on me and the greasy baby. That, I mean, literally, by the time she finished mm-hmm. greasing the baby, it was like a turkey butter, <laughs> <Like> <laughs> a big old butter roll. Um, and so all of that kind of came together. It's like, what does this culture, what happens to women? We all live in a culture where infertility is a, a thing that you don't really talk about, but there's resources for. Um, mm-hmm. The idea around the commercialization of the baby. Get pregnant, maternity clothes, baby clothes, baby shower, baby
1: shower, baby, Mm -hmm.
0: baby. This you got the pregnancy pictures, you got all that. It's it's very conception, holding, incubating, and then it stops. Once baby Mm -hmm. is delivered, no one talks to you again. No one talks to you as the mom, as the the like. They give you the baby at the hospital, hospital, and you're like, like, "What do I do with this thing?" they make sure that you are able to put the car seat in, but they don't make sure anything else about you happens. And so Mm -hmm. you have, you don't get another doctor's visit until six weeks, and then you don't get another doctor's visit again. Um, so it's like, literally it's a drop off point, but it's a drop off point globally. And so how do we figure Mm -hmm. that out? And how do we support moms? Because every mom is going through that period. Like, You and I experienced it probably different, but we definitely experienced it. And that's the Mm -hmm. key piece.
1: So what is in the boxes that you provide? The way that you chose to address this issue was to provide kits for moms and then also to create a community. So could you share how you are addressing the issue, at least in the U.S.?
0: In the U.S., first we wanted to, one of the key things we did first was how do we get the word out? Because what we also learned was that the. Technical term fourth trimester was not something that mom to mom knew. Doctors mm-hmm. didn't, doctors knew, and medical practitioners have a word for it, which is the fourth trimester. But mothers were just like postpartum. And then you would go in and be like, I have postpartum. And then someone would be like, Depression. You'd be like, No, 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 I didn't mm-hmm. say depression. I just said post and partum. I like delivered a baby. And so right. one of our biggest things was, how do we? create language and when you have language you have something to advocate and you know how to articulate what it is you're going through so one of the first things Mm -hmm. we did was petition dictionaries to include the word fourth trimester in so that when you are in this period and you are looking it up you have a word and you have Mm. you and when you have that word you kind of feel a little bit less crazy like I'm going through something and I don't know how to explain it to you I'm not depressed, but I ain't really happy. I'm not mm-hmm. sad. I'm like all of these things. You're just overwhelmed. You're just overwhelmed. in this just overwhelmed. when you say overwhelmed, mm-hmm. someone's like, she's depressed. So look out for the baby. You're like, no, mm-hmm. my titties hurt. <laughs> 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 my nipples hurt. And I want right. to tell you that my nipples hurt and I'm tired of doing <laughs> this. But I don't, you know, I'm like all oh, it's a mm-hmm. it's a cachet cachet of emotions that you will go through. Right. Um, so that was the first thing for us was the advocacy around creating, putting the word out there and giving it a space in the dictionary. And so we've been able to get it into Webster's and people can go to our change
1: can we pause there? How do you petition Webster's to add something into their dictionary? Well, we went,
0: um, Marcia started it. Marcia, who's my co founder, Marcia was like, mm-hmm. the word's not in the dictionary. And I was like, what? And she was like, it's not in the dictionary. And so we were like, well, let's get it in the dictionary. And I had done some work previously in my consulting space getting a word changed in the dictionary. So I was like, oh, we need to petition. All you need is a change.org petition. You need a certain amount of Instagram posts and a certain amount of ads, um, people to sign the petition and people, you know, corporations and people will respond because we're in the space where social media moves the needle. So it's kind of like you don't want to get dragged on social. So here is what our petition is. And and we went about it in a way and they were the first ones. And we're still trying to get dictionary.com and all the other um, platforms to also include the word in the dictionary. So um, yeah, that's how we, that's how Marcia did it. And and I, I is always is like it. to say we, but I like, Marcia did all that. <laughs> <laughs> and we can talk, yeah, I know we're to talk you, about like the dynamics. I was like, that was all Marcia. Right.
1: <laughs> because you truly have to change the tide in society. You have to really make sure that the word is included in society's discourse, right? Oh, okay. Before the dictionary is going to say, sure, we'll add it yeah. into the dictionary. So that is just... A massive amount of work that you guys yeah, did. and I also
0: think that there was work being done before us. There was so much work. You know, the the vice president had come out with her Black Maternal Health Wellness program simultaneously at this at the same time. Prior to that, there's so many other organizations and groups that have been advocating for Black for, for the maternal health wellness of Black mothers and just the mm-hmm. mothers' period. You know, there's a there's a new in the past ten years or. I mean, my kid is nine. I want to say probably in the past 10 years, this movement of moving away from traditional, I'm just going to go to my doctor and deliver at a hospital to what other options are there? Can I go to a midwife? What is like the movement, the sense the of surgeons of a doula? And all yeah. of those people had the language and had been slowly doing the grassroots work of, this is the period you're in. Not everything is around, you know, like changing the the, Not every time a woman says postpartum should it be followed by depression. What she's saying is she's in a period. There's more than just the three trimesters. She has this other period of time, this trimester, that she is going to experience full on. Like her recovery is roller coaster. She went from carrying a watermelon in her body for nine months to getting rid of it. And now all of her organs and body have to go back into form the action of doing that in and of itself is a journey it, like in mm-hmm. the, just your body getting through delivery is a whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yes, and so it is. that just, that's just the physical part of me. Now my body is also physically changing because I went from not bleeding for nine months or menstruating for nine months to having this discharge of locii that I didn't even know could possibly come out of a human being. Mm-hmm. I went from, it is you know what I'm saying? Lot. You went from having regular little, titty, little a titties mm-hmm. or little cute breasts to now mm-hmm. having this like source of life and you have to pump right. it. And it's huge and it's sore. And you're looking at your skin crack. Some mothers talked about, you know, my skin completely changed. And we had one mom in our focus group who was like super, super dark skin on her neck. In chest, mm-hmm. but light skin on her face, and she used to be all one complexion. And she's like, "I don't know what happened." That happens. Like now you're skin. having
1: to change your now makeup, her makeup routine. Changed, her whole- <laughs> So even
0: just the yeah. mental capacity to now look at myself post delivery—that's another journey that I have to go through because I'm, I'm, mm. I feel I don't necessarily want to say lost, but I used to call it the wilderness. There was a nana before marriage. There was a nana at marriage. There was a nana before pregnancy. It was a Nana pregnant. And then there's a new Nana post-pregnancy. I've delivered this mm-hmm. person. Who am I other than this person's mom? Mm-hmm. That, that sense of searching for yourself is another mental thing that moms go through. But we just didn't have any language for it. And mm-hmm. when you wanted to talk about it freely, I felt that like nobody, there was no one wanted to talk about it. I I, I always say all the moms before me were evil. And in my friend group, they didn't
1: share. They, didn't, they share. didn't share. Everybody gave me that like, "Oh my god, it's so cute. <laughs> oh my god! But tell me the real. When you look tell in the, the baby's real. eyes,
0: yeah. it's just like this. Everything is. I was like, I'm looking at her. She's cute, but I don't know what y'all are talking about because this works.
1: <laughs> This is this is, this is hard. This is hard. Why is nobody telling right. me this is and hard? And so there's that dynamic when you're starting a business, and you know the the concept isn't fully embedded into society. Number one, number two, there's some hesitance to also discuss it freely. Mm-hmm. How do you then take that and get your customer base to? actually start to talk to you and actually start to engage with your brand? What was that like in order for you guys to build a community where people were free and open with sharing? Because oftentimes when you're growing, it's it's kind of like a, what what do they call it? Like a snowball effect. You need people to latch onto your brand, your concept, and then share with others. So how did you go about starting a business where people weren't entirely comfortable discussing what you were about?
0: Oh, you have, we had to be comfortable discussing it. I think one of the key things, Mm. fourth phrase, a brand as a brand came together, but I am a person, I'm an open person. And so it's kind of like the individuals behind the brand, Marcia and I were Mm. intentional when we started to create IG lives and make sure that people could see who we were and identify with us and also know that we would be truth-tellers, that we weren't going to... So if you're going to come here to Fourth Phase and you want to talk the truth, if you want to talk soft less cursing, less like not even the cursing of it, but less a less honest and raw discourse, then that's probably a different brand. But in this brand, Mm -hmm. we're going to show you images that are realistic and real. We are going to show they are beautiful, but they are raw and real. We're going to Mm -hmm. talk to you about what it really means to go through this process. We're going to engage advisors and people in here that are also going to give you real conversation. And so I think that was the key piece to as we started to create our brand was making sure that the ethos of our brand in terms of the realness, but the beauty in it was always going Mm -hmm. to come out. So you would see us having conversations about what we were going through. You would see us talking to other moms who were open and honest about what they were going through. We talked to midwives and OBGYNs and pelvic floor therapists about like, what are you really seeing and what should moms be looking out for? So we were starting to create an Mm -hmm. honest discourse. And once you created that honest discourse, course i think people especially in the space that we are now post you know we 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 incubated it during we started in 2020 when in the middle of a pandemic so at that Mm -hmm. time everyone was like i just want the truth don't (laughs) please don't sugarcoat it like give me the truth people started pulling away from their filters you started seeing more people on social just showing up as their real authentic selves (laughs) like everything changed so i Mm -hmm. think we 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 fit right into that timeline of what timing is
1: everything, yeah. because you then also had the the death of George Floyd. And that also sparked quite a bit of, I would say, just need for social justice and also visibility for the black community. So all of that was the, yeah. I would say, quote unquote, perfect storm for a lot of businesses. Yeah.
0: For a lot of businesses, it was definitely the perfect storm for sure.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. So at the point where you decided what you were going to address, how did you decide what you were going to put into the box and how did you source all those materials?
0: Um, well, we knew what we were putting into the box because we knew what moms needed as a mom. A lot of the stuff we put into the box are iterations of what I used um, mm-hmm. in terms of what I, the belly wrap. Is just a westernized version of my mother tying cloth around my stomach after I delivered. So it's it is not uh, you know it's not a product that's meant to be like a waist trainer. It's not a product that's it's meant to give you back support and it's also meant to help shrink your uterus back into its normal back into its original size. So mm-hmm. uh, the shea butter, shea butter is what I lived and died off of. Shea butter is what we needed. Um, cocoa nip, we found cocoa nip was. What we talked to a lot of moms in terms of like what really helped them with their cracked nipples and cracked skin and and they were like coconut oil. We talked to doulas and midwives that were like we recommend coconut oil. So we created a a formula that was that would only have three three ingredients in it so that it's easy for a mom to use and she feels safe going from breast to baby without having to wipe Mm -hmm. it off. Um, Yeah. And so that's how we kind of figured out what we wanted and uh, the initial the box that you that is currently on the market is definitely a, a, it's not the, it is not the box we started with, but it is the best box for us. It's the best uh, prototype, not prototype. It's Mm -hmm. it's just the best products that we have because we created it versus when we started, we kind of looked at what was on the market, like what's out there already that moms are using and that they like. And then we looked at that and we were like, oh, this is cool, but this isn't us. And we could offer something different. And I think that's the differentiating piece that, brands should always look for is like how do you differentiate yourself from what is already on Mm -hmm. the market so we looked out and decided let's create what let's see what we can create and so a lot of uh, coconut belly birth balm the milk tea um bod butter and glow essential are five products that we make ourselves um everything else we source out and manufacture elsewhere
1: Mhm. So talk to me about the product or the process of creating your products versus the ones that you source from other people or even in the beginning the ones that you were simply going out into the market and packing into your box. So what is that product creation process like?
0: Um for us it was really the the first prototype box that we that I talked about which is like let's see what's on the market. That was our first idea of like how can we make this like what would a box look like? Would it it be everything that's on the market? And when we did that, oddly enough, investors, advisors, everyone was like, well, I don't want to see what's already on the market. I want to invest in you. So what do you have? What could you make? And so for Mm -hmm. us, that then required, well, what can we make? What would make us different? Um, Marcia is a, I call her herbalist. She probably would not agree to the term herbalist, but she is really well-versed in herbs and like natural homeopathic healing things that I am not versed in. So when we started thinking about what to do, she was like, well, you know, calendula. And I was like, calendula, what is that? And she was like, calendula does the following things and I was like, oh. So we started to research and ask around and talk to people to say, how do we create this thing? Um, And so that was all part of our incubating process before we came to market. We wanted to come to market with a box that made sense for us. So we even delayed our launch because we were like, we're not ready yet. This product isn't right yet. It's not, you know, the solution isn't right. We tested it to see how, you know, gave it out to moms. Be like, what do you think? They came back with feedback. Mm and so that formulation process was was a, was a tag team effort between Marcia and I in terms of what do you think we should put in there? What would really work? What's beneficial? And what did the moms tell us that they wanted and needed the most? Mm-hmm. And so we created that.
1: Um, so are you working or were you working with a chemist at this point or were you in your kitchen? Mixing we were in the up? kitchen mixing. We
0: were in mm-hmm. the kitchen mixing. We were, we employed, or not employed, but we like reached out to, to our advisors who were something like for our, our milk blend. We have, a, a, we had a, an advisor who's a chef and we were, how do I make tea? I don't know how mm-hmm. to make tea. But we all do have some base level of understanding of how to make tea. And then we went through it. We did a blend. We tasted, we did another blend, we tasted, mm-hmm. and we wanted to come out with what's the best. We want something, the teas that were currently on the market do taste like medicine. We want something that is a little bit more relaxing. We want something that yeah. is enjoyable to a mom so she doesn't feel like I'm drinking medicine to just give my baby to make milk. I want her to feel like, actually, I want to take a moment. I want to take a breath, but it's also beneficial mm-hmm. to the baby as well, but it's beneficial to her. Um, and so that was kind of everything. So even thinking through what would go in the box, it's not about the baby. It's really about the mom. If it benefits the baby, mm-hmm. awesome, like our cocoa nip, Benefits the baby because she doesn't have to wipe it off before she feeds, but this box mm-hmm. is really about mom and how does she feel and how how does she take a moment to re reconnect with herself.
1: Mm-hmm. So when when you figured out what products you wanted, how did you go about financing it? You've mentioned advisors and investors. What did that process look like for you? Because It's one thing to have a small batch in your kitchen. It's another to create enough to supply a need in the market.
0: Uh, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Small batch in the kitchen is how we started. Um, But we started with when we by the time we launched, we had done a pitch competition and it wasn't like a competition competition. I guess it was a competition. I don't want to downplay it. I'm like, was it a competition? It was my first pitch anything. I had never pitched anything before. Mm -hmm. And so we were invited to attend this this kind of small business pitch initiative thing. And we Mm -hmm. pitched and we pitched with our prototype box. And in the room were people who had later become advisors and would become investors. But they were the ones that were like, yeah, cool. I love the idea. Brilliant concept. Why is the box not yours? The yeah. brand, the box. Like I don't want to see other mm-hmm. people's products in their box. I want to see the box. Even one of the brands that was it, that's in our box. Um, that that wasn't our box at the time. Was like I really want this to be your box, and I think it would speak more volumes if it was your box. So we took that advice and we took that first initial round of funding, and then we created, mm-hmm. um, what we what we went to launch with.
1: Mm. So how much did you get from that initial round and how did you spend it? We got
0: 30 grand from that initial round and Mm -hmm. we spent it on packaging materials, creating the box, the production of the box Mm -hmm. on web development, Um, Marcia. That's Marcia's space, the way we devise stuff. Marcia is an amazing web developer. Um, she does great branding and marketing um, as well as cons. So she manages all of that component of it. I'm good on the logistical side. And so I do the logistics and the formulations. And um, yeah, so that's how we set it up.
1: Okay. So as you look to grow... How have you been able to manage logistics? Because I know some people start with actually fulfilling everything themselves, but it soon becomes overwhelming. So, how are you managing logistics of a product based business like this?
0: Um, so, right now we're still fulfilling things ourselves, but we kind of have a mm-hmm. threshold where we identify when we start to get to this number. We've done the research to see who would be our fulfillment, where would we be going next. Um, So we've, we've have an internal threshold where we're like, all right, at this point, we're not going to be able to manage it ourselves realistically, but let's create a product that the the thing about the the thing about fulfillment centers um, is that it's great because it takes the load off of you, but in taking the load off of you, it takes the individual touch off of you as well. Mm-hmm. To, I know when someone says to me something broke in a box, I'm like, wait a minute, I packed that box. I know what it looked like mm-hmm. when I sent it. So set, like, it's a different kind of connection. I feel like I know yeah. every person who's gotten a box from the time we started, I can look and be like, oh, I sent a box to that person. I, so there's a there's a human connection that is missed with the fulfillment center, but the fulfillment mm-hmm. center is a, is a necessary component to growth in scale. Um, and scale. Mm-hmm. And so finding the right fulfillment center has been the thing that we've been tweaking. Like, who's the right company that's going to not just throw our shit in a box and just put the lid on top of it and just ship it out. Like, You're going to package it the way we pack it. Where you're going to think through every piece and make sure that everything is right when the mom gets it, that the note card makes sense. You know, you know each mom mm-hmm. gets a note card. This is your box. This is what it is. There's a QR code. We want you to come to the website to get your affirmations. There's elements to it that we want to make sure is not missed in each delivery.
1: Mm -hmm. And so you've mentioned Marcia several times. How did you meet her? And how did you decide at the end of the day who does what? Um,
0: I met Marcia years
1: ago. So Marcia and I have been friends for over 20 years, I think. I
0: think, yeah, that I don't want to age. We're gonna age ourselves. We're probably over 20 years in friendship at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I met Marcia years ago. Initially, she was not part of the process. She and I had brainstormed um in like 2018 about what I was thinking about how to create this social impact component to support women in Africa. And so we brainstormed in 2018, 2019, she moved to Arizona, 2020, we go into a pandemic. She calls me randomly to be like, you know, everybody was doing their checkup. Girl, you alive? You alive? Like the checkup. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she calls to be like, you. you alive? And how's your, how's your thing going? And I was like, unraveled. I had gone through like web developers who were trying to just take all my money. I'd gone through someone trying to sell me. Like I had just gone through so much that was just not working for me. And I just started to cry. She was like, well, why didn't you call? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like asking for help. <laughs> and she was right. like, yeah. And now look at you. And so she initially mm-hmm. came on just to get me to launch. She came on to be like, I can help with the web development. I can help create the social space and like her strong suit where she has, she's had an, an agency for, I want to say about 10 years now, um, which that's her strong suit. And she was like, I can do these things. Um, And it started off just that. I'm just going to help my friend come to launch. But then she started calling it like two in the morning with with ideas. And I was like,
1: "Mm." now she's invested. You like it here. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) I thought you like it over here. She's like, no, no, no. We're just kicking it. I was like, we go together. Mm -hmm. And we kept going back and forth, back and forth. And finally, she was like, okay, we go together. And I was like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I was already, we was already together. I don't know what's wrong with Mm -hmm. you. Um, And so that's how we came together. Um, And I asked her to join and become a partner. And she did. And she talked, she thought through how it would affect her. She's not a mom. Um, And so one of the things she thought about was like, if I'm not a mom, how do I create this product? for women who are moms. And I was like, the same way the men at Johnson Johnson create sanitary products but don't have a vagina the first. <laughs> as long as, you, like, they can do it, you can do it. So once right. we got over that, I think... And then she also, she really believed in the brand. And I think that's a key piece to finding a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, when asked before, like, how do you come up with deciding you want a partner? I was like, you, whoever you pick in whatever partnership role you pick, they have to believe in your brand and they have to Mm -hmm. believe in it just as much as you do. So when we chucked the first round idea of it being this, like, let's, let's scale them, like, let's source the market and see what's out there. We decided to create our own thing. Everything in this box is a combined effort. Everything is in this box is things that we've talked through ideas that she Mm -hmm. brought ideas that i brought the packaging for like the belly wrap and all of that were ideas that Marcia had. It was like, I think it should look like this. She did the packaging. She did the packaging design. She designed the website. Beautiful. So all of that, I never take credit for it because that's not my strong suit. <laughs> that's not where I showed mm-hmm. up in the process. Um, but so yeah, so she's she was really instrumental in, and is instrumental in our brand development and growth. Oh,
1: man. Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes type a stronger women who take initiative, find it hard to get, to get help. And oftentimes just raising your hand and saying, I need help is the thing that gets you over there. The so that's a huge lesson learned there. Yeah. Um, but so you mentioned that initial 30,000 round of funding got you to launch. launch and a little bit beyond, um, how much have you raised in total and where are you hoping it, it takes your brand?
0: Um, and so t- we haven't raised a lot um, in total. I think we did the first 30 was with investors and then we started doing grants. Again, we only launched March of 2021. <laughs> yeah, it was the 2022, right? So we launched March mm-hmm. of 2021. So we started off and did a lot with that first 30, which is another important thing is to, for us was like, we can stretch. If if I can come to, I can come to market with 30 grand. I can actually start selling with 30. And um, and we did that. We bootstrapped it all the way through that. Um, and then we got a grant from Glossier, which was amazing, which was our first grant. So we got a grant from Glossier for 50. And then subsequently got another grant, um, got two more grants from Shea Moisture and Brown Girl Jane. And then we got a grant from Nike Communications. And so through that process is how we've been able to kind of keep going. And we've, you know, we've been making our sales are great. And, you know, we're able to funnel the money back in and people are buying and people are buying again and corporations are buying. Um, we're having bulk sales. And so that's also amazing um, as we thought, thought through who our who our customer is. It's not just the individual mom, it's corporations wanting to support and show mothers and their their firm how much they care and and, and our you know respect that process. So in that regard, it's been, it's been good in that way. Mm-hmm. Where we want to so see where are ourselves, hoping, where we're we yeah. going. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. We're scaling. Where are we going? I don't want to give away too much, but also don't, I'm <laughs> like, where are we going? <laughs> um, our goal is to continue to create and make boxes that can kind of support mothers. We want to launch additional boxes in the process. So we now have the belly birth, vaginal, and the every birth. We are launching a new box in um, August that is going to support for lactational support. Um, We have other boxes that are coming down the pipeline for this year as well that we want to launch. Um, We want to go retail, thinking through what that looks like. That's a it sounds, everyone says it, it sounds great, but you want to make sure that it makes sense. Um, yeah. We are looking for new other investors, um, thinking through what that process looks like because all money isn't good money. And again, yeah. like with a business partner, you have to believe in the brand. So just because you have the money doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to just jump. We, we want to find a, an investor who will be able to really um, spearhead and, and take us to the next, the next phase. Mm-hmm.
1: So for anyone who's thinking about doing something similar, creating boxes, whether they're subscription boxes, whatever the case may be, what are a few pieces, maybe your top three parting pieces of advice you would give them in, or in retrospect if they were planning on doing this today?
0: It seems easy till it's not. Um, if you are getting products, especially the boxes made out of the country, there's certain things and phrases that I know that I was not, I did not know, Um, our box is a structured box. And I remember the first time we ordered the box from our manufacturer, I paid double in shipping the box because the box was structured. And Mm. that means that the box, the empty box, the air, I paid for air and I paid for a lot of air because we didn't create a flat box that could have Mm. saved more space. And and that was something that was like, ooh, I wish I'd have known that early on because that would have saved us. But I love the design of the box, and so it's kind of like you have to think through like what you want your end product to look like. I don't know what advice I would give you other than to just do it. I, like it's mm. it's kind of like I don't I don't even know where to tell somebody to start other than to just start. It's literally like if you have an idea and you have a concept and you want to and you want this to go and you want to bring something to market you really just have to just write it down. Step one, say, I, this is what I want to do. Go to the internet and start looking, but also actually like the first thing to start was like, get your name. It's something seems so ridiculous, but it's like, that really holds you accountable. You have to go out mm. and incorporate yourself and get your name. It, it, it holds you accountable to this idea that you have. So you don't get disheartened, but if I tell you to do one thing, if you go out and do it, it might not have the same outcome. And so it's kind of weird for me. I don't really know where to tell somebody to start other than just to say, just start.
1: And that's amazing yeah. advice. Just, <laughs> just start. get started. Just get because started. Uh-huh. One foot in front of the other will, of will show you other. where it's the next foot like should whole go.
0: The thing is hella overwhelming, but it is literally like, do you see the first step? Take that. And then you'll see the next one after that. Um mm. Box subscription, deciding if you're a subscription company, deciding if you are going to be, you know, our box is a, our box is meant to be a keepsake. That's why it is the way it is. And we had to take that L because we didn't want to make a mailer box. And so if you don't want to make a mailer box, then you're going to have to pay for air. And that's just the the way it rolls. Um, And -hmm. so... Decide what kind of box you want, look at resources, start off where you can, where you can afford to start off and always know that you can change as you grow. You know, I know Marcia, one thing Marcia always would say and continues to say is like, if you look at the first Apple computer to the Apple computer you have today, they're not the same computer. The first pair of Nikes do not look like the Nikes that are on the market today. So if they're able to adjust and change and rebrand and redevelop themselves, just start where you are. So, whatever your box looks like, if it's a brown box with a sticker on that joint, send that out. And, and if the product is great, people will continue to buy your brown box with a sticker on it. They mm-hmm. will. I, mean, I went to Whole Foods, this is random, but I went to Whole Foods yesterday and I was buying something and it was um, a spice, like a, like a pepper sauce of sorts. And the label on the jar. It was like a basic jar with a with a label on it, but the label was skewed. It was off. It wasn't looked crazy, but but tell me that that sauce, but that good. sauce is good. That sauce is what that sauce. And I was with my daughter, and she was like, "Mommy, look at the label." And I was like, "I know, mommy wouldn't label her stuff like this, but you know what? The sauce is hidden. <laughs> mm-hmm. I ain't got no choice." And I bought it, despite what the jar looked like. I still bought it because I've had it mm-hmm. before and I'm committed to this brand and I like the sauce that it has. And so I still bought it. And so I think that's the key is like, we're always so, especially me, I'm like, it has to be perfect. It has to be perfect before it goes out. It doesn't, it just has to go out. And if the, if it's good and they like it, then you can keep perfecting it in the back. The next, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that, that's the kind of the idea behind it.
1: No, that's the perfect piece. Yeah. That's the perfect piece of parting advice, but for anyone who would like to support or maybe gift a fourth phase box to a friend, where can we find you and where can we learn about your journey?
0: Um, Our website is fourthphasebox.com and you can go on our website. You can also go to our social medias. All of our handles are fourth phase box um, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter yeah instagram facebook and twitter um they're all that and you can purchase from all of those platforms as well um i don't know about twitter actually let me take that back you can purchase from instagram you can say purchase from facebook and you can purchase from our website um on fourth face box and that's where you will find out everything about us
1: all right yeah. well nana thank you so much for sharing your Thanks journey so with us today <laughs> Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you found this show helpful, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She'sOffscript.com. All right, with that, we'll see you right back here next Thursday for another episode. Bye.